Proverbs chapter 4 as they're heading out. Uh, we are talking about, um, last week I kind of launched off, launched the missions uh, emphasis month with a message on uh, what we need to do for missions, what we need to do for missions. And we talked about uh, there uh, over in uh, 2 Samuel, uh, we talked our 1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, that we need, when it comes to missions, we need to react in obedience. God expects obedience out of His children. God expects uh, that we would do what He said to do. And uh, as, as the Lord, great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams, he says there in 1 Samuel 15, 22. And so God expects obedience out of his children. And so this idea that, you know, we can act the way we want to act and, and be the way we want to be and, and God excuses that is not biblical. Okay? God expects us to obey him. We expect our children to obey us. And uh, let me tell you something. God expects... Uh, his children to obey him. So we need to, we need to react in, in obedience. Uh, you know, the, the song says O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that we believe. We talk about we believe. We talk about we love God. We talk about we worship. We talk about we praise. We talk about all these things. But if we're not re- reacting in obedience, if we're, not, if we're not living in simple obedience in our lives, then how can we say God is pleased if we're not uh, obeying Him? And so there are so many things in the Word of God, right? We talk about the will of God. We have really, really, really misconstrued the will of God. So we've got this idea that the will of God, or this, only this idea, that the will of God is something specific for each life. Now, is that part of the will of God? Yes. God has called me to pastor a church. I can tell you without reservation and without talking to her, Becky has not been called to pastor a church. I know that from the Word of God. Okay, So, it's specific to me, pastoring the Word of God. Now, it's to other people too, but God specifically has called me to pastor. He specifically called me to preach. He specifically called me to come to this church. So there's things that are specific, but I'm telling you, we miss the things that are in general, that are the will of God for every Christian. Do you know it's the will of God for you to pray? That's God's will for your life. If you're a Christian, if you're a born-again believer, it's God's will that you pray. And by the way, it's God's will that you pray without ceasing. It's God's will that you pray and not faint. It's God's will that you have an attitude of prayer in your life. Do you realize it's God's will for you to read His Word? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a work meaning you not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. It's God's will, not just for the pastor, but it's God's will for every believer to study the Word of God. It's God's will for you to be in church. you know that? It's God's will for you to be in a church. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more. Right? I mean, as we see the day approaching, we ought to be gathering more and more, not less and less. It's God's will that we be in church. Did you know that it's God's will for you to be thankful? 
in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you're an unthankful person, you're out of the will of God. According to the Bible. Now, are we going to believe the Bible? Or are we going to believe ourselves or the world? Or what are we going to believe? We need to believe the Bible because that's our foundation. And so, the Bible says to be thankful. Then be thankful. And when you are ungrateful, let's, let's do a little survey. Anybody in here ever been ungrateful? Listen, the rest of you lying right straight through your teeth. At some point, we've been ungrateful in our life. Unthankful for something. I'm not talking about always being ungrateful, but I'm telling you, when you're ungrateful and when you're unthankful, one of the things that we're missing in our society today is simple manners. Simply saying, thank you. Thank you for doing such and such. Thank you for being such and such. We're missing that in our society today. And I'm here to tell you, God expects thankfulness out of His people. Let me give you another one. You ready? God expects obedience when it comes to holiness. It's God's will for you to be holy. God said it, didn't He? Be holy, for I am holy. And by the way, God didn't say be holy like Peter is holy, or be holy like John is holy, or be holy like David is holy. He said be holy as I am holy. Our comparison isn't to ourselves. Our comparison is to God. And I'm here to tell you, your comparison to selves, we can look pretty good. But when we compare ourselves to God, we all miss the mark. We all fail. So before you think too much of yourself, before you break your arm trying to pat yourself on the back that God got him a good one, understand something. God expects out of you holiness and He expects out of you service. I, I, sometimes I think to myself, people give, right? It's God's will, by the way, that you give. I can go on and on and on. But listen, we give our tithe and we think the angels are you know, rejoicing in heaven that we gave our tithe. Let me tell you something. Tithing is bottom shelf Christianity. Bottom shelf Christianity. When we give... We give because God tells us to give. Now, you begin to give above and beyond your tithe. That's, that's different. But the tithe belongs to God. When we give, let me tell you what we're doing. We're obeying God. That's what we're doing. And so we need to understand that when it comes to missions, when God says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, He's expecting obedience out of His church. He's expecting obedience out of his people. So we need to react in obedience. God said, go, you go. God told Philip, go, he went. Told Abraham, go, he went. Told Elijah, go, he went. Over and over again, the Bible talks about us going, and we need to react in obedience. So number two, I want to talk about that this morning. Not only do we need to react in obedience, but number two, we need to receive instruction. We need to receive instruction. How do I do what I'm supposed to do? Let me tell you, let me tell you what many churches and what many Christians and what many homes have done. They just wing it. I'm just going to do the best that I can. It's kind of like, and I give this illustration all the time, it's kind of like you got a, you got a, 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 a shelf that came in. And it came in this great big box, and it came in pieces, and it came with a little thing called paper. And on that paper, there's writing. 
on the top of that paper called instructions. You know what most of us men do? Put that to the side. Don't need that. Then we put it together and have, you know, 14 pieces left over. They always give you extra pieces. That's what we always tell our wives. They always give you extra pieces just in case. And the thing is like cockeyed crooked and the shelves are upside down and the, the doors won't close. And there's the instructions the whole time. What did, why did they give you those instructions? So that you could follow them so that the thing could be put together properly. You know, God has given us instructions for a reason, hasn't he? He gives us instruction on how to live our lives. He's given us instructions on how to do missions. He's given us instructions on how to do, how to do, how to do, how to do. God wants us to know how to do what he's called us to do. God doesn't say, okay, I want you to do this, good luck. God doesn't say, okay, I need you to do this, but I... flip a coin. Figure it out for yourself. God doesn't do that. God gives us the tools and the instruction that we need to accomplish the goals that He set before us, that He wants us to do. So, receive instructions. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. That's an interesting... Now, what is Proverbs? Proverbs is a book of wisdom, right? What did, who wrote Proverbs? Solomon. Solomon wrote Proverbs. And who is Solomon known as? The, wise, the wisest man in the world, right? What did, he, what did he ask for when God said he could have anything? He asked for wisdom. Pretty, pretty good, right? To, um, so, so Solomon is writing these Proverbs and he's writing this uh, uh, to, uh, to, to give instruction. And he says this. Take fast hold of instruction. Isn't it amazing? We don't like to be told what to do. By and far, we don't like to be told what to do. When I was a, when I was a, a teenager, I'm here to tell you, I, I, I was not a fan of instruction. I was not a fan of school. I was not a fan of teachers. I was not a fan of authority. I wanted to do what I wanted to do the way I wanted to do it. Matter of fact, I'm telling you, do you remember, remember when you were in school and they had the Scantron sheets? Remember those? And you had a number two pencil? I, when I took my tests, I made designs. A, C, B, D. I didn't even read the questions. When I tell you I graduated from high school, I'm telling you they graduated me from high school. They did not want me there not one more year. They said, out you go. And I got myself into a whole bunch of trouble and all sorts of things. And so, um, you know, I had a choice. And so I joined the military. And uh, I went into the military with this attitude. Nobody is going to tell me what to do. I did not receive instruction well. I didn't. Now, the military's goal, let me tell you what the military's goal is, and they start with boot camp for a reason. Their goal is to tear you down to nothing. They're not looking for a paper that has writing on it. They're looking for a blank sheet of paper. 
And so when there's writing on it, their goal is to erase all the writing. And so their goal is to absolutely beat you down. Get you down to nothing so they can build you up into something that they, by the way, they want you to be. So I, I made it through boot camp. And so I picked a certain rate. So what did they do? They didn't say, okay, here you go. You're going to be an operations specialist, so figure it out as you go. They sent me to what's called A school. And we went to A school, and we went to A school in Virginia. And I, 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 it was, it was, I don't remember how many weeks it was, but it was quite a few weeks. And we had to learn all about dead reckoning and all these things on charts and all the stuff about radars and systems. And, and I mean, they just pounded it and pounded it and pounded it. Why? Because I was going to leave there. And when I left there, I was going to go to a ship or shore duty, but usually a ship when you start first start off. I was going to go to a ship and they wanted you to know what you were talking about. When you sat in front of a radar system and you looked at the screen, they didn't want you to think, oh, that's a pretty blip. Oh, look at that nice little line. Oh, I wonder what that is. When they sat down and you had to figure out all about sonar and all about missiles and all about... They wanted you to know what they were talking about. When they handed you a forty-five. They didn't say, okay, you've never touched a gun before. Here, here you go. Just, just shoot wherever. Just fire wherever. They didn't give you a 12-gauge shotgun and say, hey, here you go. Uh, you don't know how to load it? Figure it out. You don't know what to do with it? You don't know where the trigger is? Okay, well, you'll, you'll get it. What do they do? They teach you. And they train you. And let me tell you something. God doesn't say, I want you to do this, and then say, good luck. He says, I want you to do this, and then he gives us instruction. This is what I want you to do, but this is how I want you to do it. Now, we have freedom in some areas, don't we? You know, some things God has given us freedom in, and we can, we can uh, you know, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, and we can think for ourselves, and I'm thankful for that. But there are some things God says that are in concrete. They're in stone. They're not up for vote. We don't, at the beginning of a new year, we don't vote as a church on whether the Word of God is the Word of God. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter what you think. And it doesn't matter what I think. Now, it'll matter to you. It'll matter to your family. It'll matter to those around you. But it doesn't matter to the Word of God. Because the Word of God is the Word of God whether you believe it is or not. Whether we claim it is or not. God's Word, the Bible says, is already settled in heaven. I used to say this all the time. Uh, uh, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And then one day I thought to myself, wait a minute. Whether I believe it or not has nothing to do with whether it's settled or not. So now I say, God said it, and that settles it, and I believe it. Because it does matter if I believe it or not, right? It does matter if you believe it or not. It's going to affect your life. It's going to affect the way you live. It's going to affect the way you talk. It's going to affect the way you walk. But I'm here to tell you, if you close your Bible and you never pick it up again, it changes nothing about the Bible. If this whole church decides we don't believe the Bible anymore, from now on, we're going to preach from the Reader's Digest. 
I'm telling you, is our church going to be affected? Obviously. But is the Word of God affected? No, it's still the Word of God. The Word of God doesn't change just because you believe it or don't believe it. God's Word is already settled because it's not you that settles it. It's God that settles it. And God has settled it. And so we believe it. It obviously is an important thing. But God has given us His Word so that we might have the instructions we need to live a life that's pleasing in God's sight. What is it that God's telling us? Our attitude ought to be like Paul's was, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Show me, Lord. Give me the instruction I need to shape me, to mold me, and to help me be who I should be and who I need to be. I'm here to tell you, I can look at some lives and tell that they're, they're receiving no instruction. Why? Because they're, they're living in the flesh, they're reacting in the flesh, they're talking in the flesh, they're walking in the flesh. And I'm telling you something, you're not receiving the right kind of instruction uh, in your life. When I was a kid, I told you I was a horrible kid. And when we were teenagers, young teenagers, we'd go down. I'm telling you, my, my play, my, where I live is so small, the cities, you know, like... Like, the, like what we consider Savannah, were called villages. So, where I'm from, there's no red lights. There's no stop signs. There's barely paved roads. 45 minutes to the nearest grocery store. Two and a half hours to the nearest mall. I mean, just nothing where, I'm, where I live. But we'd go down, we'd go to these villages, we'd actually jump a train and, and, and take the train down into town and, and, and jump off at that, at that town. And we go down to the wall. We had a wall. I don't know why that wall was there, but it was a brick wall that went down. And all the troublemakers stood at the wall. Where are you going tonight? I'm going to the wall. I guess it just sounded cool. I don't know what it was, but we would go to the wall. And every so often, a visitor would come through. They'd be driving through. You didn't see any cars, and somebody would come through, and they'd stop. Why in the world you'd ask a bunch of teenagers for directions? I am unsure. But they'd stop, maybe because there was nobody else. And depending on who they got would depend on what kind of, what kind of directions they got. And I'm here to tell you, they'd stop and, and say, hey, we're looking for such and such. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, right there, right, right where that is. And they'd give them, and, I mean, we'd give them. They'd be out in the middle of the boondocks before they knew they were lost. I'm here to tell you, there are some people that will give you the wrong instruction on purpose. It's not hard to get lost. It's not hard to lose your way. You get around the wrong crowd, birds of a feather, they always flock together. You want to know who the troublemakers are? They're usually in a small group. You can tell who the troublemakers are. Why? Because they like to be together and they feed off each other and they talk to you. And let me tell you something. We're a bunch of troublemakers sitting up there. And we give people wrong instructions, wrong ways to go. And, and man, I, I don't know why they never came back, but they probably were so lost they couldn't find their way back. But it was terrible. And people, I'm telling you, just because somebody calls themselves a preacher doesn't mean they're a preacher. Just because somebody calls themselves a theologian doesn't make them a theologian. Just because somebody writes a book 
and you can't even understand the words that are in the book doesn't mean that they're smarter than you. It doesn't mean that they know more than you. And often what they're doing is leading you astray. And I'm telling you, there are preachers after preachers after preachers that are leading people down the wrong path. They're leading them astray. And we're receiving instructions from the wrong place. God has given us a universal instruction. It's called the Word of God. I don't care if you're a Methodist, a Presbyterian, Episcopalian, a Baptist, a Free Will Baptist, a Southern Baptist, an American Baptist, a Northern Baptist. We can't get along, can we? I don't care what you are. What is our instruction? Our instruction, our Constitution and bylaws is secondary to the Word of God. The Word of God is first, folks. Because the Word of God doesn't change. Constitution bylaws can change. The Word of God doesn't change. So God's telling us to give us instructions. We don't have to take that instruction and say, well, that's not for me. No, God says, here it is. When it comes to missions, He gives us instructions. We need to receive those instructions in our lives. From where can we find instruction? Where can we find instruction? The instruction that's going to help us. Listen, I don't need, there's some things in my life I don't need. I want you to tell you, I want to tell you something. You may know everything there is to know about calculus, but I'm not interested. Don't, don't, don't explain to me. I don't, I don't need to know it. And if I don't need to know it, I don't want to know it. I don't care to know it. It's not going to help me in any area or any way that I don't want to know anything about calculus. That's great for you. Praise the Lord. But there's some things I don't need to receive. Some things I don't need to have. I have other people. Listen to me. I have other people that I can take my vehicle to. Yeah, I have to pay them. But great. I have to pay them. I'm at a point now that I'm listening to me. I don't. Open the door. You're, when you're talking to me about a car, you're going like this. That's all there is to it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I know nothing. I took my car the other day and took it up and had to have a, um, uh, old change. Got the old changed, and they said your 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 um, your uh, fuel filter or air filter, some filter is dirty and you need to get it changed. I said okay. I said just change it. It was. And pennies, and so I said, just just change it. And so I get my car. They said it's ready to get in my car. Turn my car on, running great. Drive down the road. Check engine light comes on. I said, well, Bagali, you know, you're not supposed to leave, you know, with the check engine on. And so I said, this is really weird. And so I went to uh, to to the house to have lunch and turn the car off, and the car was still running. <laughs> now listen, folks, I don't know much about cars. But I know when you're holding the keys in your hand and the car's still running, something's wrong. So I called him back up. I said, look. I said, the car is still running with the key out of it. I mean, they acted like I was a, I was a moron. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm here. To, I put the phone down to the car. It jingled the keys. I'm like, look, I'm telling you. Well, bring, bring, it, bring it back in. You've done something to it. i done something to it. So I don't know nothing about cars, right? And so no point in popping the hood. And so I ate lunch and came back and turned the key. Man, I was so excited when I turned the key off, it was still running. Because I went in and said, ding, 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 ding. 
You hear the car? It's still running. I know, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine what's going to, I don't know what. And I said, listen, the, the lady said, let me tell you what the lady told me. You need to go over to AutoZone. Aren't you the mechanic? This is the place that I took it to. She said, no, they, they, we don't have that, whatever you plug your thing in and tells you all the codes and all that stuff. We don't have that. And so we, we, I don't know. I said, listen to me. Can I talk to the mechanic that worked on my car? I didn't say this, but I wanted to say, sweetheart, you know less than I do about cars. Okay? I need to talk to the mechanic. And the mechanic comes out and he says, oh, man, I am so sorry. Immediately. Immediately, he said, pop the hood. So I popped the hood, and sure enough, intake valve? Is that what it is? I don't know what it ever is. He never plugged back in. So he plugged that back in, and apparently it tells the, I'm not even going to pretend to know, but it tells it he's not supposed to run anymore. But you know what? It took somebody that knew what they were talking about to know immediately what the problem was. And so I did say, ma'am, um, I, it wasn't anything I did. You know, he forgot to plug the, I don't remember, whatever that, whatever that thing. But if, but if I would have opened the hood and saw the thing dangling there, I mean, it don't take much to figure out that's supposed to be plugged into something. Now, I would have never done it because I would have plugged it into the wrong thing and blew the car up. But somebody that knows what they're doing, right? Somebody that knows what they're talking about. Here's our problem. We're listening to people that have no idea what they're talking about. Do not come to me about your vehicle. That's a dangerous thing. I mean, I'll start talking about intake valves, and I'll start talking about the radiator, and I'll start... I have no idea what I'm talking about. I can't find any of those things. Do you know how long it took me to find my battery in my enclave? I had to look it up. I had to Google it. Who, who doesn't have a battery under the hood? It's under the back seat, on the floorboard. Who, who puts it back there? Right? I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea what I'm talking about, so I'm not going to pretend that I do. If you have no idea what you're talking about, don't pretend that you do. You know where we can receive instructions? Let me give you a couple things real quick this morning. We can receive instructions. Number one, we can re- receive instructions from others. From others. Aren't you glad for people? I'm so glad for the people that God has placed in my life. I'm so glad for the people that have helped me through the years. People that have not been... Uh, there's really there's two kinds of people in this world. Really, there are. There are well, there's more than that, but there's two, two main kinds of people in this world. There are people in this world that that want to help you and do anything for you, and there are people in this world that, given the opportunity and given the chance, they will stab you in the back. Stomp on your head if they need to to get ahead of you. Really, those are the kind of... And aren't you glad for the people that God has placed in your life that has helped you through the years? That have been a blessing to you? You could name their names. Listen, I I tell you, I, I forget my kids' names half the time. You ever do that? You ever have more than one kid and you go all the way through the entire list? I can't imagine the Duggars, the 19 kids and counting. I mean, that's a lot of kids to go through before you get to. You know, my mom used to say, Tina Pastori! I'm like, Mom, I'm the only male. It's not hard. 
We do it all the time. Kyle's the only one. I, I'll go through the whole list before I get to Kyle. And so, but listen, people that have affected me, I remember who they are. I remember who they are. I remember being in Bible college, and I remember this, this um, professor. His name was Dr. Truax. Dr. Truax was one of the worst teachers on planet Earth. I mean, he just, he, you raise your hand during a test, Dr. Truex, I don't understand question number two. The answer is B. You see half the people racing their other answer and circling B. I mean, this is Dr. Truex. But you talk about a blessing, 30 years he spent in the Sahara Desert as a missionary. Ate some crazy stuff. I mean, he would tell stories. He was the missions teacher at Trinity when I was there. He'd tell these stories, and I'd sit just mesmerized, saying, man, what a guy. Now, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you what I learned. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. He, he, he did a Bible geography, and, and he'd give you a test, and, and it would be a blank map, and you'd have to fill in the map. He had the map up on the up on the wall. It's like Dr. Truax. I mean, you just sit there and f- fill in the map. I mean, everybody got an A in his class. But you know what his goal was? His goal was to affect and, and be a blessing to other people. And man, I remember Dr. Truex. Do you remember them kind of people in your life? I remember Miss Sherman. Bless her heart. We used to call Miss Sherman the dragon lady. We used to call her that for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons was she smoked about 14 packs a day. Bless her heart. She was our English teacher. Now, I didn't take any advanced classes when I was in school. So I took the non-advanced classes when I was in school. And she was the teacher of them. And, man, we would do so terrible. And I remember, listen to me, as a punk teenager, I remember Miss Sherman saying, look, you ain't going to pass this class. She said, but there's several of you that aren't going to pass this class because we hung out together. She said, so what I'll do is we'll do an extracurricular. And she took us to see cats in Albany. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how that looked? A bunch of punk kids. I mean, ripped jeans. I mean, Metallica t-shirt. I mean, the old night. When we're going to this sophisticated play, and here comes Miss Sherman with this load of, load of, you know, delinquents, they, they must have thought she stopped by, the, you know, stopped by the prison and got these kids and brought them in to, to watch us and gave us all extra credit. There's a lot of teachers I had, and I forget who they are. But I remember Ms. Sherman. I remember Dr. Schumann, or Dr. Uh, Truax. I remember the people. Why? Because they invested in my life. We can find instruction from others. Here's our problem. We don't like to listen. Here's our problem. We think we already know everything. Do you realize that everybody can be your teacher? Everybody. Did you realize people that you disagree with can be your teacher? Do you realize that people that are younger than you can be your teacher? Certainly we have totally forgotten that people that are older than us can be our teacher. We have absolutely lost respect for people that are older than us. Oh, they're just delusional. They just 
aren't up with the times. They're just... And we give excuse after excuse after excuse why we don't receive instructions from others. But the bottom line is we're just stubborn. Proverbs 11.14 says, where no, counsel, uh, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools. Did you hear me? Fools. Despise wisdom and instruction. Fools. The Bible says that. You, if you refuse to receive instruction, if you refuse to receive wisdom, the Bible says you're a fool. God has given us other people and put other people in our lives so that we can have the instructions that we need. Be teachable and be happy. A teachable person is a happy person. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs 3 and 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. I don't want to be ignorant. If I'm ignorant on something, I'm glad somebody shows me, somebody, somebody tells me. So I can have the knowledge that I, that, I, that I need for that subject, for what I'm doing. At the Bible college. When I went to Bible college, boy, they taught us a lot of things. And they taught us a lot of things very quickly and in a short period of time. I'm, I'm telling you, if you decide you want to be pliable, if you decide you want to be teachable, you can learn a lot of things. Instead of saying, or instead of making the statement, I just can't do it. With that attitude, you're not going to do it. I went, when I went to Bible college, I had to take an entrance exam. I took this entrance exam. And I'm telling you, when I'm telling you, I didn't know the parts of speech. I'm here to tell you, I did not know the parts of speech. Diagramming sentences? I didn't even know that. Ex- I didn't know that was a thing. I'd never been taught, or I'd never learned how to diagram a sentence. I thought you drew a picture. I mean, I didn't know what diagramming was. And so, when I took the test, you had to have a 26 out of whatever to get into normal English. If you got a 25 or below, you had to go to remedial English. Well, I was, just got out of the Navy, and I went in, and I, just, you know, I was limited in my... I had the GI Bill, but I was limited on... I said, and, and I got a 26. And I remember the English teacher, she says to me, Ms. Schaefer said, yeah, you, you, got, you got a 26. There's a lot of things you don't know. There's a lot of basics that you don't know. And she basically told me I got lucky. She said, so you need to take remedial English. And, she said, and she, I said, okay. I said, does that count towards my degree? No. Does the GI pill pay for it? No. I said, then I'm not taking it. She said, I'm telling you, you're going to fail. You are going to be overwhelmed in English if you don't take remedial English. I said, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. And so all I needed to hear is say, you can't do it. And so I, let me tell you something. Every time somebody said something, I wrote it down. I mean, I went back to the basics. I learned the parts of speech. I learned, miserably learned how to diagram sentences. I learned all those things. And at the end of the day, I got an A in English 101. Why? Because, listen, all I need is somebody to tell me I can't do something. And I'll figure it out. But I needed instruction. I needed somebody to tell me this is what you need to know. This is how you need to know it. The worst teachers, let me tell you something. The worst teachers in school, you know who they are? 
are the ones that teach and they teach and you write notes and they give a test or give a quiz. It has nothing to do with what they taught. How am I supposed to know what the answers are if you never tell us? You're supposed to guess. Listen, God doesn't want you to guess. That's why He puts people in your place, uh, puts people in your life on purpose. Receive that instruction and know what God wants you to know. So we can, we can, we can receive instruction from others. Number two, we can receive instruction from the Holy Spirit. Instructions are representative of, of the Holy Spirit that, that, that knows you best, that knows your direction, that knows what's best for you, that knows what the will of God is for you, and He gives you instruction so that He might lead you in the right path. John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He's our instructor. He is our guide. He shows us which way to go. He puts up the stop sign. He puts up the go sign. Are we listening? Are we paying attention? When the Holy Spirit speaks... Are you listening? Because I'm here to tell you, church, he's speaking. But we're so loud and we're so busy and we're so... that we can't hear him. My wife loves to do this. Me and Emma will be sitting in the living room. We'll be watching um, right now on a, on a restaurant impossible spree. And we're watching, watching the show and, and uh, Wendy's inevitably watching HGTV or, or Hallmark. And so she's watching something in the bedroom and, and, and she'll say something. She knows good and well we can't hear her. And she, but she says it just loud enough to know that we're talking. So we gotta, we got to pause, pause the thing and get up from the chair and go in there and say, yes, dear. Or Emma's got to say, yes, mom. And then she tells us. And then we go back and sit down and we'll be playing and, huh? It's your turn. You know, your turn. You go. You go this time. But you can't hear. You can't hear if there's other things going on. You can't hear. You ever been around a loud person? And they talk like this all the time. You ever been around somebody like that? I'm not kidding. They're in a restaurant, and I always say they like to hear themselves talk. It drives me crazy. And you're trying to talk to whoever you're sitting with, and you can't even concentrate. Because it's so loud around you. Listen to me. Sometimes you have to get along. Sometimes you have to be on purpose, being uh, 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 intentional when it comes to paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Because He's trying to direct us. He's trying to guide us. But when we have the noise of the world, we have the noise of self, we have the noise of sin, we have a hard time listening. We have a hard time hearing and receiving the instruction that the Holy Spirit's trying to give to us. Receiving the instruction from the Holy Spirit will keep you right and keep you clean in your life. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit's got your best interest at heart. You know what drives me crazy? I'll tell you what drives me crazy is watching parents in the parking lot with small children. And you know, the parking lot, my father-in-law used to say this, I always thought he was crazy, but man, he, he's always got it right. The parking lot's one of the most dangerous places to be. People are nuts. 
People are crazy. People will drive through a parking lot like it's Lebanon Valley Speedway. I mean, it's unbelievable. Walk out in front of a car, you're going to get run over. How many times have you been backing up and somebody's walked behind you? I always try to pull through or back in. Drives my wife crazy. So when I get in, I can just pull out. I don't have to worry about it. Why? Because sometimes there's parents loading up their, their car, the back of their car, and their kids are running around the parking lot. Or they come out of a restaurant, or they come out of a store, and a kid darts out in the road, darts out in the, the parking lot, and the parents on the phone are talking to somebody. Pay attention to your kid. Why don't you have your, bed, your kid's best interests at heart? You know what we do? You know what we've always done? Probably what you've always done? You hold your kid's hand. He goes to dart out in the road. Whoop! They fly right back, right? They go to touch something hot. You say, no, 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 don't touch that because it's hot. You don't say, well, you know, it's best for them to learn at three years old, so let them touch the burner. That's bad parenting, in case you didn't know. There's a cliff. Let's just, let's just, they need to learn their lesson. Let's let them jump off of it. I mean, no, no. We have our kids' best interest at heart. The Holy Spirit has your best interest at His heart. He wants what's best for your life. And so sometimes He pulls us back. Sometimes He guides us in a different direction. Sometimes He stops us. Sometimes we need a little push to go, doesn't He? So we miss the instruction because of the noise that's going on around us, and we miss it from time to time. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 25. The fruits of the Spirit, they ought to be evident in every, every person's life. And we've already talked about this a little bit. We'll talk about it a little bit more uh, tonight. But um, uh, we need to listen to the instruction of the Word of God. Not only others in the Holy Spirit... But the Word of God, allow the Word of God to be what the Word of God's supposed to be. It's not just another book. It's not just something else you can put on a coffee table. It's not something you can just put up on your shelf. God's Word ought to be intentional in every Christian's life. Why do I have the Word of God? Why do I have a copy of the Word of God? What am I doing with the Word of God? What is the Word of God doing in me? And through me, if the Word of God has no effect in your life, then there needs to be a self-evaluation. You need to stop with the busyness and the hustle and the bustle of life and decide, okay, my priorities are out of whack. There's some things that I need to do different. Anybody ever done that before? I mean, maybe you had to do it in a relationship or your marriage or your family or at work. and You had to put the brakes on. You had to stop. You had to think to yourself, okay, what, what am I doing? Why am I here? What does God want with my life? Do you ever ask yourself questions? You ought to ask yourself questions and allow the Holy Spirit to answer them. Allow the Word of God to answer them. Figure out why you're doing what you're doing, why you're going in the direction that you're going in. Is it on purpose? Or are we just doing it because we've always done it? I think sometimes we get ourselves in a rut. We get ourselves in this rut and, man, it's hard to get out because we're going, 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 and going. We were driving one time. And when I'm driving, listen to me, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that wants to get to B as fast as he can. I'm not interested in, you know, A sub point one, A sub point two. I'm interested in getting from A to B 
and then doing whatever I want to do at B. I don't want to do anything in between. I want to get there as fast as I can. And we're driving up the interstate. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but I can't remember which one it was. We were, up, we we're heading up towards West Virginia, and we're going up there, and, and all of a sudden, stand still. It's, let me tell you something. It's my absolute favorite. I love being in traffic. I mean, I just, I pray before I leave, I leave the house, Lord, please put me in traffic. And I don't need to pray that because I get into it every single time and I can't stand it. And so we're in this traffic and we are absolutely three or four lanes just not moving. And, you know, we move a little bit and then we see those a lane. We get down there and I'm just a fussing. And I get down there, and let me tell you something. There were two cows running down the road. No, 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 no. I'm talking about cows. You get beef from, you get milk. You cows were running down the road. I'm thinking to myself, what? In the, and so, so when I get up there. You, don't you hate rubberneckers? I mean, the people that have get. You don't have to go slow. You're going slow because you're nosy, right? Now I, now I know why everybody was rubbing it. I'm going up there. I'm going, I'm going like the cars are ahead of me are gone, and I'm going like this. <laughs> what in the world? Why in the world are there cows in the road? And then there's this farmers who've got these big trucks, and they're trying to get these cows out of the road. And, and man, I'm telling you, if I wasn't going slow, I'd have missed the whole thing. <laughs> you, ever, you ever go somewhere? And the next time you came back and you said, that wasn't there last time. Because you missed it. There's a new, listen, we go over, we go over and um, over by Phillips Flooring, that Go- Goshen Road right there, all the time. Every week we go over there. I don't know if you know this or not, but they're building a town center or whatever it is, Augusta Road, Old Augusta Town Center or something, right behind there. I'm talking about, 1.5 million square feet. In case you didn't know, I'm not real good with square feet, but that's pretty big. Huge concrete building. I'm here to tell you, we went there yesterday. We pulled in there and said, what in the world is that building? It must have been there 40 times. They didn't put it up overnight. Missed it. You know why? Eyes are diverted this way. Attention's diverted this way. You're thinking about this. You're listening to that. And so much in life we miss. So much in the Bible we miss because we don't slow down. Because we don't stop. Because we don't selah. Right? The scripture says in, the, in, 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 in Psalms, selah, stop and consider what I have to say. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never placed your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ. You're not born again. You're not saved. Your sins are not forgiven. Can I tell you this morning, God loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. Shed His blood so that you might have the forgiveness of sins. He was buried and the Bible says He rose again the third day. And He's ever at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and me. If you're not saved this morning, it has nothing to do with God. God has made the way. God has provided the way. Maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe you've been hesitating. Listen, put it off and hesitate no more. We need to get serious about spiritual things. And we need to get serious about eternity.
He said, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure to die right now. I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning right back down. I pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Is there one? Isn't it a blessing to be saved? Isn't it great to know that our sins are forgiven? And that one day when we are absent from this body, we'll be present with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a blessing that is. But we're not there yet, folks. God still got us here. And I believe God still got us here for such a time as this. And we need to get busy. We need to react in obedience. We need to receive instruction. That we might be different and that we might be more like Him. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. If you need to come for whatever